Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Christina Voltaire was a bright young woman with big dreams and big goals in 2011. But Christina wasn't just dreaming. She was putting her plans into motion. She was attending Kaiser University in Winter Haven, Florida and studying nuclear medicine. In January of 2011, Christina started to figure out a plan for her future. While she was attending school in Winter Haven, she was also planning to transfer to the Kaiser University campus in Palm Bay, Florida, so she could move and be closer to her father. That spring, she was planning a trip to visit her mother in Haiti, something that she was very much looking forward to. On January 8, 2011, Christina woke up and decided to head out to a nearby IHOP for breakfast. While at the restaurant, however, she started not feeling well. Christina also had a hair appointment that day, but she canceled it, believing she was coming down with something and she just wanted to go home and rest. That evening, just after 7 p.m., Christina heard a knock at her apartment door. It was her friend Charles. She was in her robe and her nightgown, but she knew Charles well enough and opened the door for him. He said his car broke down a couple of blocks away and he asked if he could borrow her car. She said, sure. He returned an hour or so later, but Christina wasn't home. The door to the apartment was unlocked, so Charles went in to see if she was there, but noticed that her robe was now on the bed and she was nowhere to be found. Figuring she must have went out, he left, but he continued to try and check in with her all night. Finally, by the next morning, Charlie knew something was wrong and called to report Christina missing. Where is Christina Voltaire? And welcome back to the Where Are They podcast in another unsolved missing person story. This story takes us to Winter Haven, Florida in January of 2011. The story of Christina Voltaire is so strange and mysterious. I'm truly baffled it really hasn't been talked about more. It reminds me a little bit of the Jennifer Kessie story, which also took place in Central Florida, although she vanished five years before Christina did. However, Both young women seemingly vanished into thin air from their apartment complex. Please make sure you are following us over on the socials for updates. You can find those links in the show notes. Also, a big welcome to Bree and Cece, our newest Patreon members. A huge thank you to everyone for your continued support of our show and our mission, which is to share as many unsolved missing person cases as possible with a focus on some of the lesser known cases the ones that truly do need more media attention. Christina Voltaire's story is one of those cases, one of those stories that needs a lot more attention. Unfortunately, she vanished back in 2011, so some exposure would have been beneficial back then, but we know older cases are being solved every day with new technology. 
It might also just take that one person to come forward with some information that could break the case wide open. Let's get into Christina's story. Christina Voltaire was born on August 1st, 1988 in Haiti. She would live in Haiti with her parents until she was about nine years old. Christina's father would move to the States, specifically the coastal town of Melbourne, Florida, and Christina would go with him. Christina and her father would live for a bit in Melbourne, with her father eventually moving to the city of Palm Bay, Florida. As a young adult, Christina graduated high school and decided to pursue a career in nuclear medicine at Kaiser University. She was smart and hardworking and excited to be going into the medical field. While attending Kaiser University, Christina met and began dating a man by the name of Dussel Pierre Gills. In 2008, Dussel and Christina had an on-again, off-again relationship when Christina became pregnant. She would give birth to a little girl in early 2009. Christina was 20 years old. Something tragic would occur just a year later, in January of 2010, and the little girl passed away. She was just one year old. And Christina was understandably devastated, as was Dussel. The cause of death was never revealed publicly. When Dussel went to submit some necessary insurance paperwork regarding the little girl's death, he learned something that shocked him. It was not him listed as the father on the little girl's birth certificate, but rather some other man. This was something Dussel hadn't known before. Dussel said he was heartbroken and upset over this, but he wasn't mad at Christina at the time because she was so distraught over losing her baby, as was he, this little girl for a year that he thought was his daughter. Their relationship was never quite the same after that, but Christina and Dussel would maintain a friendship. As the year progressed, Christina began to bounce back. She continued with her schooling, and she was making plans to visit her mother in Haiti in the spring of 2011. The Disappearance On January 8th, 2011, Christina was living alone at the Berkshire Apartments in Winter Haven, Florida. She was still studying nuclear medicine at Kaiser, and she was planning on moving down to Palm Bay soon to be near her father. She was going to continue her studies at the Kaiser campus near Palm Bay. That morning, Christina woke up as usual and decided to head to IHOP for breakfast. It was a Saturday, and she planned to do some running around that morning, including doing some shopping and then going to a hair appointment later on that afternoon. However, at some point during that breakfast at IHOP, Christina started not feeling well. At 10.35 a.m., she used someone's phone at the restaurant. Christina herself didn't have a cell phone at that time, and she called the salon to cancel her appointment, telling them she wasn't feeling well. She then headed back to her apartment and was back inside by noon. Just after 7 p.m. that evening, a friend of Christina's knocked on her door. It was Charles, Dussel's brother, someone who was a good friend to Christina and who also lived at that same apartment complex. Christina was in her robe, but she answered the door and let Charles in. They were good enough friends, and Charles could see that Christina wasn't feeling well. Aside from being in her robe, she was holding a cup of hot tea, 
and he noticed that her study books were scattered across her bed. She told Charles that she just wasn't feeling good and she was just going to stay in for the night and study. Charles told Christina that his car broke down just two blocks up the road and he asked Christina if he could borrow her car. She tossed him the keys and Charles left. Charles drove back to his car where he met a mechanic there to look it over and see what was wrong with it. He then headed over to his mom's house to eat and then back to Christina's apartment to return her keys and her car. All of this took him a little less than an hour. When Charles knocked at Christina's door, however, Christina didn't answer. This was odd to him since he had just been there and he knew she wasn't feeling well. He thought maybe she had fallen asleep or just wasn't hearing him knock. I mean, after all, where would she go? She was just there and she wasn't feeling good. So worried about her, he tried the door and he found that it was unlocked. Since Charles remembered locking it behind him when he left earlier, he did find that odd. He went inside looking for Christina, but she wasn't there. Her robe was folded, laying across her bed, but he didn't notice anything else unusual. It simply looked as if Christina had gotten dressed and walked out of the apartment. Charles eventually went back to his apartment, but he continued to try to keep trying to reach Christina by phone, but she never answered. He called some mutual friends, but no one had seen or heard from her. He went back and forth to her apartment all night and the following morning, but Christina was never there. By the next morning, however, Charles believed something had to be wrong, very wrong. He started calling some hospitals looking for her, wondering if maybe her sickness had led her to go to the hospital. And when he couldn't find her there, he eventually called the Winter Haven Police Department to report her missing. Christina Voltaire had disappeared. The Search When Winterhaven police arrived on scene, they said they took it very seriously from the beginning. One of the officers at the time said, the minute he saw Christine's purse and wallet left behind on the counter, he immediately became very concerned. No one leaves without their wallet, and a woman generally never leaves without her purse. But other than that, the apartment provided no real clues. It looked as if Christina had just walked out of the apartment. There was no signs of a struggle. There was no sign that anyone else had been there. There was no sign that anyone had been in distress there. So the next step for law enforcement was to interview both Charles and Ducell. Charles, being the last one to see Christina, was scrutinized closely. Ducell also said that he believed his brother and Christina had a more than friends type of relationship, but Charles denied this. Police were able to verify Charles' alibi that night with the mechanic that he met with at his car, and then again with his mother. It was also Charles who reported her missing and was the one that seemed to be the most upset and worried about finding her. Law enforcement said that Charles was extremely cooperative and they didn't believe he had anything to do with Christina's disappearance. Now, authorities wanted to look pretty hard at Ducell also, but he was less cooperative. Of course, this makes people suspicious all the time, and very quickly, Ducell also obtained an attorney. He never spoke directly with law enforcement regarding Christina. 
He did have to provide an alibi, however. He was allegedly out of town during that weekend when Christina vanished, and his alibi would be confirmed. Law enforcement has said that they did indeed confirm that Ducell was out of town during that weekend and could have had no involvement in Christina's disappearance. This means that sometime between when Charles stopped to ask her to borrow her car and when he returned less than an hour later, Christina seemingly vanished into thin air. Law enforcement also began questioning neighbors to see if they had heard or seen anything during this time that she went missing, and no one had. No one had seen her leave the apartment. No one had heard any noises coming from the apartment. No one had seen or heard anything at all. They found Christina's laptop in the apartment as well, and they did check that over forensically to see if they could find any clues. They found only schoolwork and school-related information on this computer. Police were baffled. Family and friends were baffled. Everyone was wondering, where was Christina? She wasn't feeling good, so where would she go? Charles had her car, so did someone pick her up, or did she leave on foot? Was there any boots-on-the-ground type of searches for Christina? I'd like to think there were some, but not much has been made public about those, certainly since she had no means of transportation and disappeared in such a short window of time, the area around her apartment had to be searched, right? Christina also didn't have any credit cards or banking information to trace for any activity. She didn't have a cell phone, and her passport had expired and was also found left behind at the apartment. That would squash any theories that she had maybe gone to Haiti to see her mother. Authorities put out a plea to the public for information, but tips coming in were few and far between. Detectives had literally no clues to go on, no sightings, no trail to follow, no evidence of a struggle or anything amiss at her apartment. There was just nothing. Winter Haven, Florida. Winter Haven, Florida is a central Florida city with a population of just around 49,000 residents. Winter Haven is now home to Legoland and Cypress Gardens, which brings in many, many tourists throughout the year. However, Legoland didn't technically open to the public until fall of 2011. But Winter Haven still brought in many tourists due to their famous chain of lakes. Winter Haven is home to 50 lakes within its boundaries, including a chain of lakes, which are several lakes connected by a canal system. These lakes are popular for visitors year-round, looking for serenity and the beauty of the water, bird watching, and even water sports. Christina, during this time, was living at Berkshire Apartment Complex on Avenue K Southeast in Winter Haven. And this road looks to be a mixed commercial residential two-lane road with many apartment buildings and is surrounded by many of these lakes. Studying Google Maps, there does look to be one nearby park, but walking it via Google, it looks to be a baseball field or stadium of sorts, nothing heavily wooded or remote. And this does make sense. Another thing that Winter Haven is known for is being a spring training location for Major League Baseball teams who come down to Florida from up north. 
Winter Haven is about an hour southwest of Orlando, Florida. Lakeland, Florida is about a half hour to the west of Winter Haven. And if you continue on another half hour to the west, you will end up in Tampa. Florida is a very heavily populated state, so there are many transportation options available. Plane, bus, train. However, there was no record of Christina traveling anywhere by any of these transportation sources. The Questions There are always tons of questions in any unsolved missing persons case, but sometimes we have such little information to go on, it's hard to know what to even ask. Here are some questions that I have. What were the physical area searches like around her apartment? Did anyone find anything at all that belonged to Christina or that could have belonged to Christina? Who else was in Christina's life at that time? Who else was she close to? We know she didn't have a cell phone, but what about her landline phone records? Did she receive any calls or make any calls during that hour time frame that Charles had her car? Did neighbors or friends provide any information that might be useful in finding Christina, such as any additional plans she was making, anywhere else she was talking about going, or any other people in her life? I'm curious to know what you think of Christina's story. Some people have mentioned suicide, thinking that perhaps Christina was depressed and suffering after her daughter's death. She did disappear just around the one-year anniversary of her baby's death. But Christina seemed to be dealing with it as best as anyone could, and she was still making future plans. She was planning on moving to Palm Bay, Florida to be with her dad very soon. She was planning on continuing her nuclear medicine degree while there. She was also planning to visit her mom in Haiti that coming spring, which was just a few months away. Generally, people don't make plans like this if they are suicidal. But then again, I guess we never really know what is going on in people's minds. There is zero evidence of foul play. There is zero evidence that she left on her own to start a new life somewhere. There is no evidence of an accident happening. All of this, and she vanished within a time span of less than an hour from a fairly busy area. Now, it would have been dark. It was evening time and it was January. But at 7 to 8 p.m., people are still out and about, yet no one came forward to say they saw anything unusual. And no one has said that they saw Christina that night either. So what could have happened to Christina Voltaire? How can someone disappear without a trace, especially a young 22-year-old college student? Christina is described as a black female standing five foot two inches tall and weighing around 120 pounds when she was last seen in January of 2011. She was 22 years old then and would today be 35. Christina had short black hair and brown eyes. She also has a C-section scar on her abdomen. Christina was last seen in her black nightgown and robe but her robe was found back in her apartment. It's unclear 
if they think she left the house in her nightgown or if she had gotten dressed. Anyone with any information about Christina Voltaire is asked to contact the Winter Haven Police Department at 863-291-5858 or Crime Stoppers, where tips can remain anonymous, at 1-800-226-TIPS. Please share Christina's case any way that you can. Someone out there just might know something. Authorities do occasionally put out a plea for more information on Christina Voltaire. Although this case is 13 years old, they have said that they do not consider her case a cold case. They want to solve this. While her case did receive very little media attention overall, I do want to give a shout out to the Ledger out of Lakeland, Florida. They seem to be doing a good job in 2011 and even the subsequent years following to cover Christina's case. They continually republish information, hoping to generate some leads. Beyond that, however, her case was fairly quiet in the mainstream media. Thank you so much for listening to Christina's story today. A young girl vanished at just 22 years old, her whole life ahead of her. I will be keeping an eye on her case, of course, and I'll share any updates over on the socials. You can find the Where Are They podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or X. All of those links will be in the show notes. I also welcome any feedback and case suggestions. You can reach me anytime at canwefindthem at gmail.com. I want to share those cases that need more attention. The ones that mainstream media is not covering. The ones they're not talking about. The stories that not enough people in general are talking about. Authorities take over 600,000 missing person reports every year, and it's estimated that around 100,000 of those people remain missing after one year. 100,000 missing people each year unaccounted for, just in the United States. If you'd like to help us get these cases more exposure, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice, follow our YouTube channel, and or follow our social medias. All of those links will be in the notes and doing all of that is free and can help these cases reach a much wider audience. If you'd like a way to help monetarily, I do occasionally share the verified GoFundMes for Families of the Missing or our charity partner donation links over on our socials as well. You can also join us on Patreon for just $3 a month. You can receive ad-free episodes, extra bonus episodes, and we will pass those funds on to the families and the charities. Thank you all so much for listening to Christina's story today. Her case needs all the exposure it can get. I truly believe someone out there has the key to solving this mystery. Someone out there knows where Christina Voltaire is. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.